Welcome to the President's Podcast at Austin Community College. I am Jessica Bess here with our President CEO, Dr. Richard Rhodes. Hi, Dr. Rhodes. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Jessica. Thank you. We have a really great conversation plan for our listeners today. We're talking about ACC's strategic plan. With us are some of the leaders at the college who have really dived into the strategic plan most recently to review it, to evaluate it, and to update it. Joining us is our provost, Dr. Charles Cook, Garrett Groves, and Dr. Mary Harris. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to have you. Dr. Rhodes, how does the strategic plan play a role in the work we do at ACC? Well, the strategic plan kind of lays out a roadmap for us uh, for the future. Uh, and this one specifically is as uh, 2017 to 2021. But if you really look at it, how is it positioning us as ACC for the future? Uh, and so, you know, it's, and you're going to hear more about some of what our projections are and what we have to reach because what it does is it ties and it links to other documents uh, throughout the college and the region, such as the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board's 60 by 30 plan, which for Central Texas is actually 70 by 30. And also the master workforce uh, plan for the community that was kind of under the direction of the mayor and the county judge with um, leadership by Workforce Solutions to take a look at, you know, into the future, what are the areas that uh, are in most need for employment and skills and, and so forth. So, you know, looking at how we combine and we make our strategic plan work within those uh, other documents and how it positions us for the future uh, is critical. A lot of collaboration goes into figuring all of this out then. There are four, four basic goals uh, within the strategic plan. You know, and, the, and I'll let uh, different people talk about different, they can chime in whenever they want to, yeah. but you know, the first one is, is equity and access. And so when we, you know, when we talk about um, reaching the goals of 70 by 30 uh, for us, what do we have to do in equity and access to make that happen? Uh, and you know, what is the relationships? What are the partnerships as an example? But what are the metrics that we need to look at in order to reach that goal? And uh, so chime yeah, in on equity sure. and access. Well, uh, actually, I would like to talk a little bit about the guiding framework, uh, which is guided pathways. Mm -hmm. uh, a book came out in 2015, which really influenced all of us in the community college world. In fact, it was called Redesigning the Community College. And it talked about the community college actually doing a very good job in terms of, of having students enter, but not as great a job in terms of helping students complete. And so it called for a lot of reforms for us to become much more intentional and guided in the way we would help students not only enter, but persist and then ultimately complete. And we can talk about that more as we go through. In terms of equity, I'd like maybe Mary uh, to weigh in, in that uh, she helped us. Uh, we, we first wrote the plan in 2017, but along the way we, we felt that there was not as great an emphasis on equity. So, so Mary, maybe you could talk about what that means. Sure, Charles. A lot of equity work was, has been done at the college over the last few years. Then we had developed the plan, and then we started doing a lot of equity work. It was kind of all happening at the same time. And we were 
at a, a workshop about a year or so ago, and we're kind of challenged to look at our, our strategic plan and our student success report and see if we had an equity lens. And so that's when we really stepped back and went, ooh, we've got a plan, we've got equity, but they both aren't really talking to each other. It's interesting because I was listening to an interview earlier this week, and a woman described equity, because people always go, what is equity, what is equity, and diversity. Um, and we, we kind of put them together. And diversity is you get invited to the dance. Equity is you actually get asked to dance while you're there. Yeah. And so that's how we can kind of, so you can put that in a lot of different frameworks. Diversity is you get invited to dinner. Equity is you actually get to sit and engage in a conversation. So you can put it in a lot of things that you do. And it's the same thing with our students, right? We, we have a diverse student population. We're an HSI. You know, we, we're, we're trying to increase our, our population of African-American students. We're, we're reaching out to more women to come to, and more women are coming to college. But equity, equity, are we, are, are the goals for those students the same? Are we, are we treating those students the same in the classroom? And so that needed to be re reflected in the wording of our strategic plan so that we would stress the need for equity in whatever we do. So that when um, we're dealing with students and student services, are students being treated equitable? If we're dealing with students in the classroom, are they being treated equitable? So that's where that work came from. Now, a, a phrase we hear often in this, in the course of this conversation, is by looking at things through an equity lens. Right. What does that mean? How do you do something like that? Well, I think you have to disaggregate the data. Uh, equity means that you're getting uh, equitable results from what you do. Uh, we just recently worked with our deans. We took all the grades that were earned by students in gateway courses, very common freshman courses that all students have to take, freshman composition, college math, et cetera. And we broke it out to see who is earning the A's, B's, and C's, and who is earning the D, F's, and W grades. And what we found is that disproportionately, students of color, students of low income, are earning the DWF grades. So what that's telling us is we're not treating our students equitably. Uh, we've got to come up with different ways of teaching, different kinds of support to figure out how do we have the same results, the same percentage of A's, B's, and C's in all groups of students because that's the way it's supposed to be. Right, and I also think it's also taking into consideration, um, you do look at the demographics of your students and you look at where the student's coming from. And if you, you have a student who went to a high school that was a high-performing high school and this student took AP courses, but they decided to come to co community college and they're sitting in the classroom next to a student who is a single mother, who is, this is her first time in college, she has several kids at home, you want them both to have the same results. Mm -hmm. How they get at those results might be differently and the support that they get would be a lot of different, it would be very different. And those are the other things that we need to take into consideration when we're talking Great about example. equity. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So how does that fold into understanding how, when we're disaggregating the data, the importance of doing that and what it's going to mean for elevating student success across the board. How, do, how did you go into that knowing what needed to change in the strategic plan? So part of what we were able to do was to elevate within each one of our goals, one key measure to figure out not only what are we looking to do, but where have we been? 
So in each one of our major goals, we have a data point that we've tracked and looked back 10 years to show we've done a lot of good work in this regard. So we've nearly tripled the number of credentials that we provide on an annual basis, but it's not enough to present just that trend. So each one of our goals to add that equity lens is disaggregated by race, ethnicity. So we can ask the questions that maybe we weren't asking at every level of the college. How is that being affected for different groups by race, ethnicity? Where are we seeing gaps? Um, and that leads us on a journey that we continue um, the strategic plan is a guiding document. By no means is we saying any of this work is done. So it gives a lens by which we continue to ask these questions as we go forward. And the recent work to the strategic plan isn't a rewrite of the strategic plan. No, 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 absolutely not. We're still on the guided pathway model, but uh, as Mary and, and Garrett have both pointed out, it's just disaggregating that data to make sure that it is resulting in equitable results. And if not, we've got to figure out different strategies. But uh, we're, we're pleased with results. Many of the things we're doing are, are bearing results. A great example is uh, co-requisite developmental education. Uh, this is an example that is sweeping the nation and ACC has really taken a step forward. Uh, instead of testing a student and then sort of banishing them to developmental education, which is non-credit, having them sit through material that they find boring, that they find irrelevant, and frankly, that they feel like they've already had previously in, in their schooling. It's putting them right into the college level class with an attached just-in-time remediation, uh, just-in-time and just-in-context, so that they can understand why they have to learn certain skills uh, to be able to advance to their own personal goals. And like the accelerator. Uh, you know, different different ways of individualized instruction with the right type of wraparound support services make a real difference. And so if students can move at their own pace um, and have that support like academic coaches, uh, like tutors, um, you know, like faculty who are right there that just in time help, you know, just when they need it, if they can have it and have access to that makes a real difference. You know, a lot of this has to do with partnerships, though, uh, and collaboration. So when we take a look at how are we going to embed equity, it is, it's things such as what's the relationship that we have with our K-12 districts? Mm -hmm. And how many, uh, you know, when we take a look and disaggregate the data and we look at who is actually being served by early college high schools, uh, innovative academies, and uh, P-TECs, okay. It's heavily students of color, low-income, first-generation students. And so that's, that's an intentional outreach to make sure that we are bringing the students who uh, maybe didn't think they were college material, giving them that, that step, that opportunity to prove to themselves and their families that, in, yes, indeed, they are college material. So it's finding different ways that are very intentional uh, through partnerships, collaboration, to make things like that happen. Part of the strategic plan is something entirely new in this redo, if you will, and I, and I recognize it's not a rewrite, right. but it's more of a better reflection then of what the college is working toward, but there was an additional goal added. What is the importance of adding a fourth goal? Well, with the strategic plan, you have the strategic plan and then you have unit plans. So, or department plans. Mm -hmm. And so they, the strategic plan guides them. And what we found was some of the departments who were more the administrative apartment departments were having trouble hanging their hats on the original three goals that we had. And they're like, well, you know, we all, 
we're all about student success and we're all about these things, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to frame that in what I do. And so we felt that we needed to, to add a fourth goal that would address that, that addresses facilities and administration and budgeting and all of those things to make sure that we're, you know, keeping the college going. <laughs> so yeah. the work that everyone is doing is actually reflected in why are we doing it all? Correct. Right. It, Correct. It's, it's labeled institutional effectiveness. And the goal is obviously to ensure our taxpayers uh, that we are using our resources in an effective manner. So while IT or business or some of these uh, support areas might not be directly touching students, they are by uh, using resources in the most effective manner, that means we have the most resources available possible then to directly support students. Yeah, we're really taking a look at the, you know, effect, how effective, efficient are we in the operations and the infrastructure that we have here. Uh, and, you know, whether that's technology or whether that's facilities um, or whether that's in processes, uh, you know, registration processes or business processes, payroll, you know, how effective and efficient are we in all of those? Because every single one of them makes a difference on student outcomes and student effectiveness. Uh, so it's, it's making sure that we take it to that level, you know, as Mary said, that everybody in the institution can understand their role and how critical and how important <coughs> their role is in student success. I think it's helpful to point out, too, as a community college, we have an enormous responsibility to this region. There are more Central Texans coming to Austin Community College in an average year than go to University of Texas at Austin. This, in this data, there's about 75,000 Austinites and Central Texans will come to, our, um, to, to us to further their goals, to further advancement, and that's why all four of these goals work together. There's amazing overlap across these. We really could do an amazing job with just focusing on graduation if we also decided to only serve half as many students and keep our resources where they were that's not a choice we want to make so we have goals for increasing representation and increasing student enrollment is something we need to do as Austin grows we need to make sure that we're a resource for everyone who lives here while at the same time ensuring that we make sure graduation persistence increases to make sure individuals leave with achieving their goals at the end which means we have to be efficient with the resources we have we can't maximize any one of these goals we have to see them all advance at the same time so how do we use this plan as we move forward, as we look at new initiatives, as we look at new programs and the academic side and the student services side, how do you use the strategic plan to shape decisions? Yeah, one, I mean, one of the things is you have to set some, some goals, some metrics out there. Uh, and we've done that in, in each one of those to say, you know, how is ACC going to help make sure that 60 by 30 actually is achieved? Um, for us 70 by 30. So in order to do that, you've got to go out into 2030 and say, what, what's our target? And then kind of work back from there and communicate that. And so as, as an example, you know, we were currently about um, numbers of completions of uh, credentials, about 7,500 in a year. Uh, to reach that goal by 2030, we've got to hit 15,000 credentials awarded per year. Uh, and so how do we go from 7,500 to 15,000 uh, by 2030? And it, then you can kind of work backwards from there, um, department by department, 
um, you know, throughout the college. And then who's, who's got to do what to make sure that happens? And in order for that to happen, how many students do we have to have enrolled every year uh, to reach that goal? And so we've set, you know, the goal of 85,000 students that we'll reach. And then what is the persistence rate from fall to spring or fall to fall? You know, and in order, you have to combine those three together, basically to say, uh, you know, if we're going to be a part of the solution for the state of Texas, we're going to have to reach the, each one of those goals. And so persistence, you know, we, we've said has to go up to 58%. We're currently about 51%, I think. So then everybody can, can have that information throughout the college. And then department by department, employee by employee, what's our role to make sure we get there? And it's not just total numbers of students. It's getting students into uh, programs that are really going to lead to good jobs or to good transfer opportunities. Uh, part of the regional workforce plan was identifying the three major growth sectors for the economy in Austin, Central Texas, are uh, IT, health sciences, advanced manufacturing, skilled trades. So it's incumbent upon us to help students really understand where are the opportunities out there so that they can make informed decisions as to uh, their future chances for success, their future chances for great careers. So uh, that's back to the, <laughs> my theme of guided pathways, obviously. Uh, helping students do a better job of finding themselves, finding their passion, and then entering a profession which is going to have good results for them and their families going forward. How do you take it moving forward? How do you, con how do you keep up the momentum and continue that effort? One piece that it allows us to do is to highlight the great successes we've actually had in the last two years. Um, we have to focus both where we're going, but also what's been accomplished. We've so we were mentioned persistence rates. We've increased it by two percentage points the last two years. That may not mean a lot. It means a thousand students not only got their credential or stayed with us to get their credential. It's a thousand more students that we're serving than we were before. So these numbers have real big significance for, for the populations. But there's also meaningful ways in which it integrates well, with the college. I also think that, uh, you know, because from the strategic plan we have the departmental plans, it gives the departments a chance to really dig into the plan and see how they can contribute to that, that huge overall number. And um, we like to tell people that the plan is your guide. It helps you guide what you're going to do. How do you serve the students? You know, math looks at the, the math department. They look at the plan and they go, okay, what do we have to do to help reach that goal? And then student services looks at the plan. And within the areas within student services, they look at the plan. So everybody's looking at the same plan. And they're hopefully getting excited right. about the plan and about <laughs> how they can contribute to the overall goal. I think part of the momentum is resolved, uh, going back to something Dr. Rhodes talked about, the importance of partnerships. Uh, working with our local industries, uh, Samsung, Apple, uh, Applied Materials, our hospitals, Seton and St. David's, Baylor, Scott and White, uh, they all need workers and they're concerned that they're going to get a highly educated, highly skilled workforce. So. Uh, partnering with them to uh, validate our curriculum, ensure that we're teaching the right kinds of knowledge and skills for students to get good jobs. Uh, this excites students to uh, 
learn of these opportunities and know that we're going to help them take advantage of them. And it really makes makes it important for us to understand what the skill sets are that are expected by the workforce, and how do we keep track and how do we keep up with those, whether so that it helps guide what credentials we offer, um, whether or not the credentials that we offer should be micro credentials, stackable credentials that you know, and so it. It allows us, with a strategic plan, to also reassess where we are and to make adjustments as we go along. It's helpful, too, that by setting essentially a North Star at 2030 and saying that's where we're headed, it gives us a meaningful way to make really difficult decisions we'll be faced as we go forward over the next several years. Um, there's property, there's campuses, there's decisions that we're going to have to make. And so this allows us to look at a set of priorities and say, if we're going to reach that goal, we need to set those resources in a certain way. We need welders, but welding equipment costs money. We need nursing, nursing equipment costs money. So where we make these trade-offs and balances has consequences and significance. To have a North Star at 2030 and say, this is where we're headed, not only sets us on a good course, it also sets us up well for a big event that'll happen in 2023, which is when ACC becomes 50 years old. No, I think I think that's yeah. a really valid point. Something is essential to consider as you move forward. What are you moving toward? Mm -hmm. Because we know that ACC not only needs to grow in order to meet the needs of our community, but our community continues to grow as well. Right. So how do we grow in connection with the city growth? Interesting that you raised that because we're having a major meeting with our employee associations this afternoon. One of the things we've talked about is a uh, strategy called regionalization. We have 11 campuses, uh, soon to be 12 again and possibly 13 in the not too distant future. But it's very hard to uh, provide everything, uh, all our programs, all our services at all 13 campuses. It really just stretches us too thinly. So what we've talked about is grouping our campuses into north, central, and south regions so that we can guarantee that at least within a region, a student would be able to access all the programs, all the services that we offer. We're also going to go uh, with a lot more online services so that it doesn't matter where the campuses are that you can access uh, programs and services electronically. So as, as Garrett says, we've got to look to the future and figure out, you know, how are we evolving? Uh, we're not going to be the same. We're not going to look the same in 2030 that as we look now. We got to figure out how how do we need to look uh, to operate effectively. This is one of my favorite questions I, I hear Dr. Cook ask a lot, which is, "What does the college of 2030 look like?" Mm -hmm. It's not going to look like it does today, right? So to be able to look forward and project, what's that right mix of online, of competency-based, of different delivery methods, of integration with our community, our industry? It's all going to look very different, and so being able to look forward helps us with that. I'm also really interested. Dr. Harris has talked a lot about. You know, this current plan ends in 2021. You know, coming next is, is another planning process. Correct. As we know, our plan is a five-year plan, and we're in year three. So the current plan, even though it's changed, the wording's changed, we're still working under that plan. And annually, people uh, departments will update their plan. So that's not going to change. But then in 2022, we need a new plan, and we just won't wake up September 1st of that fiscal year and have a new plan. So starting in September, well, between now and September, 
I call it we're getting our act together. There you go. <laughs> Start working on the new plan. As and soon I, as one part's done, you're right. Right. Start, and So I look at, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating almost a two-year two time frame to um, – develop the next plan and that will first start with just convening the strategic planning committee which will represent college-wide mm -hmm. we'll have representation college-wide with the president and the provost input on who will be involved in that and then what you do first is you look at your mission you look at your mission and your vision and do those need to be updated are those still in line with what the college is doing or is that does that address where we want to be in the future so we want to look at that and of course get input on that we're going to get input community-wide on everything then we start digging into data we start talking to our partners we start talking to internally externally we do SWATs we do focus groups we do whatever it takes to get information to help us decide how we're gonna go forward. We test out the mission a little bit, see what people think of our new mission, and then from there, we start developing our goals. Um, and then at some point, when we're happy with our goals, then we'll get approval by the president and the, and the board of trustees, and then it'll be time to kick it off. So it is about a two-year process, and we will feel like we truly engaged everybody um, who is affected by what ACC does, which that I know of is everybody. You know, and strategic planning can really be a lot of fun yes. because what it what it really allows us to do is take a step back and think into the future as to what do we need to look like. Uh, you know, what are the programs? Uh, what are the what are the careers that don't exist today that might exist? You know, five or ten years from now, and so it, it really gives everybody at the institution that opportunity to, to take a step back and think about the future, and what you know, what are the dreams for the future for ACC? Well, what I like about a, a strategic planning process is it encourages us to open ourselves up and not go in with an agenda, mm -hmm. and you know that's a nice thing about taking two years and just kind of clearing the slate and saying, okay, we're going to go in with no agenda and we're going to ask people, how are we doing? And we're not going to have everything as awesome conversations all the time. And we're going to hear things that we're not sure if we can do and we're going to be stretched. But in the end, we're going to come out with a plan that we know we can all get behind. Willing to listen to where we need to continue Correct. to improve. Correct. And, and not being afraid to hear that. Correct. And that amount of time also allows us to put the student at the center of that process too. They're an important constituency and how that that looks what's how are students experience in ACC where those um, tweaks or changes or uh, augments need to be made to make sure that this is their college um, and that we're able to make that experience what it needs to be you know and the, the other good thing too it allows us through the use of data disaggregating the data is to say okay who are the students that we're currently serving uh, where are the students that we should be serving but we're not yeah. uh, and how do we reach them how do you know how do we do it a better job of reaching those students bringing them into the college uh, and allowing them to achieve their dreams and a lot of that really relies on partnerships it relies on innovation innovative practices um, but it's it's taking again that step back and thinking okay uh, I recently heard you know you talk about thinking within the box or out of the box well, we need to dream as if there is no box and what do we want to be the community college world is is very rapidly changing and rightfully so with the needs of our community changing so much at this time too the strategic plan is that document that helps guide the practices and the work and the initiatives and the programs happening here at acc all with that equity lens as you mentioned mary to help more students succeed and all students succeed. 
This has been the Presence Podcast at ACC with Dr. Richard Rhodes. We want to thank our guests today, Dr. Charles Cook, Garrett Groves, and Dr. Mary Harris. Thank you for joining us and having this conversation. Anyone who wants to actually take a dive, a deep dive into the strategic plan, can actually check it out on our website. That is austincc.edu slash strategic plan. You'll be able to read a little bit about the process and check out the document. Dr. Rhodes, thank you. Thank you.